Hi, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will, and let's talk about a topic that will probably maybe split your church, or these types of people will split your church. So, this I'm going to just call this snowflake Christianity today. So, the thing is, is I've noticed something in Christianity, especially today in the West, in America, that we have a tendency to be snowflakey. Now, let me explain. Snowflakes, obviously, uh, what is a snowflake in today's modern society? We hear this all the time used in vitriol, right? The snowflake left, the snowflake Republicans, the snowflake Democrats, and it's all this thing. But really what it is essentially saying that you are a special snowflake and you're easy to melt and harm. The point is that Christians are really easy to offend and they think that they're somehow more special than others. And this is actually what causes not only church splits, but it's actually what causes a lot of inner turmoil amongst the church with the world. So it's like, it turns into this whole church versus the world thing. And a lot of it is, could be avoided if the people at the church stopped being snowflakey and being so hypersensitive. I, I remember this one time I shared a meme that was just funny. Uh, and one person mentioned it was a small joke about just, uh, it's a preacher joke about pastors. And he just goes, well, this is highly offensive to, to many pastors. I'm like, well, why is a joke taken so seriously? And I know humor is subjective and all that stuff, but it still seems really out of control to just blast things like that. So the few things that come to mind is, 2 Timothy 4, uh, starting in verse 1, says this, I charge you the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and at and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now here's the thing. There's a few things I want to mention just in this passage. One, he says, what should we do? Be ready in season and out of season. This means we need to be ready at all times to rebuke, to reprove, to exhort, and to do anything possible as far as giving the gospel to people, and also to fulfill our ministry. It goes right here. He's like, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Then he continues on the thought and says, I have fought a good fight. It is awfully hard to fight a good fight when we sit there and we're overly sensitive about everything. I think of the Christians who oftentimes when someone, let's say, swears at work, they use they use a cuss word, and the Christians go, please don't use that around me. Don't speak. Speak those words in front of me. Like you've never heard those words before a day in your life. But the problem is, are you holding people to a Christian standard? Are you holding people to your own standard? Why are we expecting the world to act any differently than the world? Um, or when I think of people who just go, wow, and I, this one family I know, like they, they're not even married. They've been together for 20 years and they're living out of wedlock with each other. Are they Christians? Well, no. Then why are we expecting them to do that? Have you even given them the gospel this week? Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill the work of an evangelist. And Paul knows what this was like because he went all over the place in the book of Acts. We see him go from one missionary journey to another missionary journey to another missionary journey. He went to places like Corinth and he preached in the 
in or around the temples of Athena, you know, like sex gods and all these things. And there's probably people who are pretty risque, risquely dressed. Things were happening around them that were probably not things that we would normally like. But meanwhile, we have Christians that are like, well, I don't even go to the beach because, you know, there's a lot of evil people there who are dressed immodestly. And we've just completely lost any and all grit. We forget the fact that being a Christian used to get you stoned. Being a Christian used to mean going into uncomfortable places to give people the gospel. I actually just recently read a story uh, online about some pastor's wives who went to a strip club to connect with these women to try to reach them. And that's crazy when you think about it, you know, for us, we go, what, how, why would you even be, why would a Christian ever be found in a place like this? But we forget the fact that Jesus, he tried to reach the tax collectors. In fact, he did reach the tax collectors. In fact, one tax collector was actually one of his disciples. And that was the disciple, Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Doing a el- who, who else was in the 12 disciples? Well, a guy named Simon, who was a zealot. Now, let me try to explain this to you. If you don't know this already, a zealot was someone who was very Jewish, a very proud Jewish, and wanted to absolutely get rid of the Roman state. Meanwhile, you have Matthew, who is a tax collector for none other than the Roman state. So yet, these two were able to work together in the 12 disciples, and they didn't snowflake on each other. Neither one of them melted. We don't see all these examples of them in fighting. No, they learned to work together because they had a common cause, which was serving Jesus, which was serving you know, the great God of Yahweh, you know, the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, they, had, a, they were, had bigger fish to fry than to worry about all these little things. And meanwhile, I just remember a couple years ago, we had Christians who freaked out about just red Starbucks cups during Christmas. Instead of Christmas decorations, the, Starbucks just thought, you know what, it'd be cool if we had some red Star, Starbucks cups. Just a little bit of holiday cheer, but keep it simple. And Christians flipped out about that you know they're attacking christmas and why i don't even understand why christians get mad when people attack christmas anyway again are we holding the world to a standard that they don't even abide to yet i'm not saying god's standard is subjective but i mean christmas isn't even a holiday in the bible meanwhile we all freak out over something just like just like that it's is very silly and their cups i can't emphasize that enough <laughs> So the whole point here is like, why is it that Christians so easily snowflake and are so easily offended? This hurts our cause for the gospel in a number of ways. One, we remove ourselves from the people we're trying to reach because we go, nope, I can't be around anyone like that. Meanwhile, we see all sorts of godly people associating with ungodly people in the Bible for the sake of serving God which is why we have people like Rahab who are connected to Jesus Christ, which never would have happened if they snowflaked, okay? I'm gonna use that as my verb. That is my verb, by the way, snowflaked, all right? I know it's not in the dictionary, but it is now, or at least in mine. But then we, so it hurts us in the fact that we separate ourselves from that. But then also the world sees us being so stingy, we're being so, duck in our own self-righteousness that they see Christians as no one, as people who are only willing to judge and condescend instead of reach out and talk to them and get to know them. I, I can't imagine what would have happened if I treated every single new disciple who walked into my doorsteps at the church 
with no background in God if I held them to the standard that I expect all other Christians to hold to. It just doesn't make sense. You were being easily offended. But now, in fact, we have church splits that are caused because we people have disagreements over Bible versions. They have disagreements over minor doctrines of like, okay, are you, you know, are you Calvinist? Are you Arminian? Are you Molinist? Oh, you're a what? Never mind. We can't be friends. Or people just thinking about when the church started. Are you Acts 2 or are you Mid-Acts? Or do you believe the church is a is only a, con- a New Testament concept that is un- misunderstood? and really an old, we split on so many stupid little things. It's almost we walk up with to other Christians with a checklist going, do you fit these things? Nope. Well, then I can't work in unity with you. Hmm. And it's just crazy to me because then we wonder why we're so ineffective to the world. It's because we ourselves can't even be unified together. And instead, we'd rather be easily offended, get all upset over someone exercising maybe their liberty or a small disagreement. And instead of we should all be unified under a singular moment in history, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It should all be about him and his glory. You know, we should be worshiping God the Father and we should be serving God by giving the gospel of the death death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his Messiah. That needs to be what unites us. But instead, we'd rather fight on all these little things. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the irony of you're sitting on my channel called The Church Split. And I love to crack jokes. If you follow our Facebook page, I crack all sorts of jokes. I I make little jabs. And that's only intended for humor. But that's the thing. If small bits of humor offend you so much that you can't even work in unity, that that's the problem I'm talking about. We can't even work in unity with each other on small issues. Instead, we'd rather make a big deal over anthills instead of focusing on the mountain, which is the, the rock that is higher than I, is God. And that's where we all need to be focused on. That's where we need to be together. And that's the point here of this channel is to bring us together in unity. So I want to challenge you today. Don't be a snowflake. Don't be easily offended. Do not expect the world to act like a Christian because it's not. And in fact, if you're going to complain about the world acting like the sinful world that it is, then you better start giving the gospel more because if how can you expect the world to know the ways of God if no one's teaching them? To quote scripture, how will they hear without a preacher? So this is a basic encouragement. I want you to learn how to fight the good fight. I want you to learn how to fulfill your ministry. And you need to learn, therefore, to put yourself out there. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Associate with people who you normally wouldn't associate with a little bit if you can give them the gospel. And that is the main point here. That is what I'm trying to teach you. So I hope that this this concept has gone through. I hope you can understand where I'm coming from here. Don't be a snowflake. Don't be hypersensitive. Instead, grow some grit that like the early church had that we see in the apostles, that we see in the disciples, and that we see in Christ himself. He wasn't afraid to put himself out there. And he wasn't afraid to tell people the truth, but he also showed them grace and love. I think of... Uh, the woman at the well. You know, I think of how that appeared to everyone else. You know, this woman who's had like five husbands and the one that she's living with is not her husband at all. I think of that lady and he sat down with her at the well and he took time to talk with her. And I know so many Christians today would be like, oh man, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, they've had, they've been married five times and she has like another boyfriend that she's living with right now, living in adultery. And there's no way I'm going to go talking to her. I don't, I'm not going to associate with somebody like that. And it's crazy to me because we see Jesus was the one who sat down next to him. Now I'm next to her, not him. Ooh, sorry. But the point is obvious. The fact that we ought not to avoid the people 
who need the gospel. In fact, those people who are living that way need the gospel the most. I can't tell you how many Christians I hear complain about the political system. This person's this way. That This this political leader believes this. This political leader believes that. And it's funny because it's like they're looking at it and they're having these meltdowns over small things and that... Or they could even be big things, honestly. But the fact is that you're expecting the world to not act like the world. They are the world, and they're going to act that way. I, I've had one person go up to me at church one day, and be like, "Pastor, did you hear what so and so did?" And I was like, "You mean he, the world, the act, the world is acting like the world? You mean the the sinner has sinned? Whoa, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Plot twist." Just kidding. But I think, honestly, we need to have a bit more grit as Christianity. We need to have a bit more, uh, we need to have thicker skin than what we do. And instead of just instantly having meltdowns and attacking one another, it's good to have discussions. It's good to have in-depth discussions. In fact, we saw that at the Council of Jerusalem, right? The, they got together, they, they openly and willingly discussed circumcision. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who disagreed with each other, but yet they were still able to work together and they were able to be unified together and no one was at each other's throats. We need more Christianity like that, willing to have discussions, willing to give the gospel, but not turn on each other and especially not avoid the tough topics or avoid being around certain types of people just because we don't like them or they don't hold up to a godly standard. Newsflash, none of us hold up to a godly standard. That's why the gospel exists. That's why Jesus Christ had to die on the cross. And the only reason why you're any different and the only reason why you know, you can even know the truth of God is because Jesus, what Jesus Christ did for you. So why don't you share with them that very thing that changed your life? Share with them the gospel. Start from the ground up. You can't be, you can't put the chariot before the horse. You can't expect the behavior to change before the heart has been changed. So seek to seek to reach their heart. Get to know them. Talk to them, and then give them the gospel. So anyway, this is a real quick thought, but I just wanted to get this out here because I'm noticing a lot of it and I want to see I want to see more tough Christians out there with thick skin getting the gospel out, getting the job done and fulfilling their ministry. So anyway, share this video along if you like it. Uh, please hit subscribe and like. And uh, this has been the church split.